Listening to the PCAST presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take you around Austin P, the Athletics Department, and occasionally the OVC. Thanks to our good friends at CDE. CDE Lightband offers electricity, internet, video, and voice services with blazing fast speed and superior performance with the additional convenience of 24-7 local support and bundling all your utilities into a single bill. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you, the listeners, who make us worth sponsoring. I'm Casey Krieger. He's Maxwell Remy. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast, a podcast that is wishing it would just hurry up and be cold so I could wear a quarter zip to work. Max, how are you now? Good, and you? Uh, not so bad. Let's get right into it. You're guest host number two. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Uh, I know that we spend a lot of time together at work now since I've moved jobs, but also we are roommates, so... This should go pretty well, I'd just, say. Uh, yeah, now we're just recording our conversations. Exactly. So you've switched jobs. You were the baseball GA. Before that, you were a baseball player. Now you're the assistant to the senior athletic staff. Uh, you just do it all. Jack of all trade, master of none. Oh, stop it. I, you might be a master of the soccer PA. Uh, some. I, I really like to uh, get into the goals, so too bad that they don't, they're not uh, – they don't happen as often as I'd like them to because I, I really liked uh, you want it getting to be like, into uh, it. You want a goal every like 10 seconds. You just want to yell goal the whole game. Well, I'd lose my voice at that point. I think we'd have to we'd have to tone it down. At least I, I would like one, more than one. More than one, ladies. Can, we give, can you give me more than one? Well, you're going to have to talk Colby Wilson off the PA for soccer to get that job back. Let's move into some uh, baseball playoff talk here. They, they all wild card game was last night. Yeah, the Yankees lost. Good. As as they should. As they should. Uh, they spent 30, 30, $34 million on Garrett Cole last year just to have him pitch two innings against the Red Sox in the wild card game and lose to Nathan Avaldi. $350 million man just. $333 million this yeah. year, and they went as far as nobody. No, yeah. Uh, one more game than our beloved Pirates and Reds oh, here. <laughs> well, just, I mean, and we're not paying anybody 33. The Pirates aren't paying $33 million in total. No. They're. They might not even be paying twenty million. It's a joke. They're a joke. But speaking of teams with big payrolls, the Dodgers and the Cardinals play tonight. The Cardinals have won like fifteen straight road games, but they're facing Max Scherzer. That guy's like, good. I would like to know who you're picking because I know who I'm picking, and I'm always betting on the team that Max Scherzer pitches for. Yeah, that guy has not only different colored eyes, but they're they're crazy. He's got the crazy eyes. He's crazy. He's wild. All right. So tradition on the PCAST. Colby always ranked his playoff teams for rooting interest. Uh, I've, I've seen his. You've seen the rankings. I've seen his. St. Louis Cardinals are at the bottom. Uh, you can cross off the New York Yankees. Don't have to worry about ranking them since they've already yeah. they've already went home. Good. Uh, who are you cheering for in these playoffs? Let's hear it. As an Austin P. Baseball alumni, I have to go with the San Francisco Giants as they do have a baseball alumni on Solely their team. Solely for Tyler Rogers. Yeah, and I also like Brandon Crawford. He's he's uh he's definitely on my number. Uh, he he's also helping for the number one choice. So. I'm really bitter against the Giants still from when they knocked the Reds out of the 2012 playoffs. So it's really tough for me to cheer for them. A tradition like none other. Casey Krigger being extremely uh, spiteful and just holding grudges. I like. I, I won't cheer for Houston. I won't cheer for the White Sox. I. I have no what, problem. What's your problem with the White Sox? I just don't want to cheer for a team from Chicago. 
Yeah, but they're in the same city as the Cubs. I don't like the Cubs, so that's well, where that doesn't matter. I they're in like they're it. in the American League. I, I think I, I like think them. that they're a fine team. They're actually my number two team. I'm not cheering team. for any Tony Larusa coach team. That's the problem. He's barely even alive. I don't care. I won't cheer for him. I have nothing against the Red Sox. I will die before I cheer for the Cardinals. I really don't like the Dodgers, but I want them to knock out the Cardinals. I hate the Atlanta Braves. I hate the Milwaukee Brewers, and I'm spiteful against the Giants. So it is the only the Tampa Bay Rays are my only option. See, I have a problem with the Tampa Bay Rays because they just picked off a bunch of Pirates players. They they, they <laughs> robbed the Pittsburgh Pirates. Is what they, they robbed did. them and robbed them blind. As I would say, the worst trade in MLB history. Maybe not so, but definitely in my lifetime, it it's was up there. it was bad. So, I they are not at the bottom of my list, and they're not really close to the bottom of my list. But give, give me your playoff prediction now. Last last, who who's playing in the World Series and who wins? <sighs> Oh, this is, I mean, it's, it's very, I guess I, it's tough to, to, to bet against the Dodgers right now even for me, the wild card even team. though they're in the wild card, it could, they could get there. If anybody's going to do that, it would be them. But if I got to pick, I would really hope it would be uh Tampa Bay versus San Francisco, but I, I would also be good with Chicago versus San Francisco because I I like the White Sox. There's something in there, something inside of me that I do like the White Sox. You have Sox. a White Sox hat. I do have a White Sox hat. So that That's that gives them the one up on everybody. But I got to meet uh Tyler Rogers, so he kind of goes number he 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 bumps them up to number one. I say it's Dodgers Rays and the Dodgers win again. Too much pitching with Bueller, Kershaw, and Max Scherzer now. Yeah, well, that's too much logic. I'm just talking about what's inside my heart. Uh, all right, well, that's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the pitchers here. Let's talk about another team that they, they don't have to wait on their championship. They went out and got it last weekend. The Austin P women's golf team, uh, the Butler Invitational Champions. Just round of applause, golf clap for Jessica Combs and that team. All right, Jessica Combs, first tournament win as a head coach at Austin P. Coach it Combs. Was the Govs, first team title in a multi-team event since the 2018 Town and Country Invitational, which is hosted by Tennessee State. And it is the first three-round tournament win in Austin P. Women's Golf history. Uh, what a performance by them. They went out, and they just had three or four girls just throw out low numbers. And they were, they were down, I think, four shots going into the final day, and it did not matter. They, they won going away with it. These girls right here have three round totals that you and I would have and combined for 18 holes. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm Eric, looking right here at Erica Scott, uh, uh, 210. Erica I know Scott, for a fact that you and I have shot over 210 on 18 combined. holes combined. Yes. Erica Scott's second place finish at the event was the best finish by a Gov since Reagan Green's runner-up finish at the 2018 Citrus Classic, and her 210 tourney total is the second best aggregate score in program history, only two shots behind Taylor Dedman's 208 at the 2019 Spring Break Shootout. Oh, by the way, Taylor Dedman, who many consider the best player on this team, hasn't played yet, and they just won a tournament without her. Uh, Boy, wouldn't you like her out there, but... Can you imagine when they get her? <laughs> the, girl, the girls went out... And won it anyway. We'll Good talk, for them. We'll talk about Taylor Dedman getting back with that team later. But one last congratulations. Erica Scott with second place finished. Shelby Darnell finished fourth. Kaylee Campbell, a freshman, T26. Riley Cooper, T31. And freshman Katie Foshog, T35. You got the whole squad in the top 35 at an event like that. And, um, there's, I mean, they're, they're all young. I mean, there's three of them are freshmen. The other two are, are seniors. But, boy, they're on the way up. They're just getting better every week. 
Coach Combs got the ladies rolling. Nice yeah, job. Yeah. All right, now we'll go to the gridiron here. Uh, Austin P. Football. We lost again. We lost to Tennessee State. It's a it's a tough one. You don't want to lose at home. You don't want to lose at home to an in-state rival. Um, the I, offense never got it going in the first half. The defense was on the field a lot. I didn't think they played bad, but when you're on the no. field as much as they were, um, boy, it just gets tough. It's the first time the girls have lost back-to-back games with Scotty Walden as the coach, or it's the first time they've been held scoreless in the first half with Scotty Walden as a coach. Um, I said it last week. I still don't think it's time to panic. I saw a lot of things I liked. There are some things we didn't like. We lost the game. You're not going to like everything in a loss. But let's talk about that game. Is there anything you saw that you liked in that game? You were on the sideline. You had a great view. I was on the sideline. Um, if anybody got to watch the video – I was very fired up when Benico scored. That was a big touchdown. It's his fifth straight game with a touchdown, and he only needed 30 minutes to do it because he was out in the first half because of a targeting penalty at EKU two weeks ago. And from what I heard, Benico got the hit off. He he got all of his money's worth for that half. We're not allowed to promote targeting on this podcast, but he, he may have hit him quite hard. I would like to say we're the first anti-targeting podcast of all time. <laughs> you heard it here first. We don't like targeting. Uh, a couple other things that I saw on Saturday I really like. Maddox Trujillo is a freshman kicker. I wrote about him on Monday. He's money. He's missed twice this year. He's six for eight. But each time he's missed, he's followed with three makes. So he missed in the first half on Saturday, and he hit three field goals in the second half. He hasn't missed a PAT. Um, I really like watching him kick. Uh, obviously, you want to punch some of those in. But if you can't, you like to have a guy that you trust back there to kick. Cordell Jackson got in the game. Hadn't seen him in two, two or three weeks. Um I don't know if he's fully back yet, but he got on the field. He got some game time. He's getting his legs back underneath him. That's what you need to see. And then Tennessee State still has not figured out how to tackle Brian Sneed. Yeah, looking at it right here, we had a kicker that you don't just pull your hair out every time he runs out on the field. We've been here for a long time, and it's always been a little bit of a – your heart, your heart special starts teams pounding. At, this whole, at, this, in, at the FCS level, special teams is always a, a team that has a good kicker is got to step up on everybody else. It's hard to, it's always hard to find. I mean, Tennessee State's got a really good kicker too, yeah. as we all thought. And he had a tough day on Saturday. He, me, me and Cody always joke, Tennessee State's best player is Antonio Zita, and he missed an extra point. He missed a field goal. Kicking's hard. Yeah, and not only do we have Maddox, but we have. A quality kicker and a quality punter. Matt Rigney had his career best average uh, punting on series, 46.6 yards. He had a 50-yarder. No, he had a 60-yard punt, excuse me. He's been here. He punted last spring, and he just keeps getting better and better. The other thing I really liked on Saturday is we got into the red zone four times. We didn't score touchdowns on all four of those trips, but we got points in all of those trips, and you have to do that. Um, on the opposite Tennessee State got in the red zone four times. They only scored once on their four red zone chips. The problem is what we didn't like on Saturday was the big plays for Tennessee State. They scored 24 points and only went into the red and only scored in the red zone once. So that yeah. means that all their plays are big chunk plays, and you just can't have those. You just you can't give up. You can't give up all your points on chunk big big plays like that. You got to stop that on on defense. As a northeastern guy. This really reminded me of Big Ten football in the first half. This was high-scoring Big Ten football. <laughs> well, you got our first. I, let's go back to the first half. Z, zero to three. That was three donut. Yeah, Big Ten to a T <laughs> right there. And then, uh, then, then both sides started to get it rolling there in the second half. And and we don't like the big plays, but we've been we we have been 
very play, good at, at stopping the pass. The big plays aren't as bad when you have your good. own big plays, and the Govs didn't seem to have as many of their big plays on Saturday. Other than back to what we like, Other, Brian, Brian Sneed. Brian Sneed's run. Tennessee State still hasn't learned how to tackle him. Another like Austin P team that just keeps putting together big plays, the volleyball team. Uh, Taylor Mott and company, just, they straight up can't lose. Um, they, beat, they swept SIUE on Friday. They swept SIUE on Saturday. Brooke Moore won OVC Offensive Player of the Week, and then they came out and swept Bellarmine again on Tuesday. She had a season-high 20 – Brooke Moore had a season-high 22 kills and a three-set sweep on Friday. Um, she had a double-double on Saturday. She averaged 6.7 kills last week in the uh, two OVC games. Kills per set. That's a lot. She's just crafty. She knows where to put the ball. She puts it right where the, where they're not. That's just, I mean, the name of the game. Put the ball where the other where the defense isn't. Yeah, hit them where they ain't. Yeah. She's not going to go up. I mean, if you watch that team, Michaela Powell goes up and just jumps out of the gym and spikes balls, I mean, straight down. Brooke's not going to do that, but she's still just 6.7 kills. I mean, just kill, kill, kill. Then she'll throw up three digs, and just she's everywhere. She does it all. They really complement each other well. It You've is got a, a, a high-flying lefty, and then Brooke Moore just coming in and just converting all of those kills. We love that. Yeah. Um, the whole team looked really good on Tuesday when they swept future A-Sun opponent Bellerman. You had five different govs with seven kills. Brooke Moore had 14. Freshman Elizabeth Wheat had 10. Claire Darlin had nine. Michaela Powell, we just talked about, had eight. And freshman Jada Clark had seven. It's nice to see scoring come from all over the place on that team instead of just, you know, Brooke Moore or Michaela Powell. It's, it's come from everywhere, and you're starting to see more people get involved. Yeah, they're spreading the wealth there. Not only are we are we we get to see freshmen and we get to see seniors. That's great. I mean, they're doing a great job. You have they, to give some credit to the setters too. Uh, Caroline White, Kelsey Mead. It it takes a lot to. I mean, the hitters can't do anything without them, and they're getting the ball spread out and they're passing well. Because if you're passing well, you're getting everybody involved and not just one person. Shout out liberos as well. Shout out to the liberos. We have the tallest libero in the league, I think. Jessica Larry is. I mean, most of the liberos. You look at most of these teams: five two, five one. Just five, four. She's what, five six, five seven, maybe yeah. five eight. Yeah. She wears the double shooter sleeves. I like that. I respect that. Soccer team. So the Austin P soccer team played at Belmont last Thursday. Um, they dropped another match to start OVC play. It's clearly not the start you want. It was good to see Claire LaRose back on the field after a two match absence. And as always, Peyton Powell is just in her bag with some of those saves. She just there's some of those shots they are right on top of her and she is just diving in front and you you really like to see that putting her body on the line there um they'll be back in action got to get a point this weekend and one of their two matches and then the tennis team went on the road to the uca fall tournament talking about people that won't lose freshman denise torrealba went three and oh on the weekend she's four and oh in the fall on singles play alex allard our intern will just talk about her being great at tennis all day so if you want to talk about her more with him, do that. She could be a problem here in the OVC. Uh, I'll go ahead and call her the early favorite for OVC freshman of the year because, I mean, she hasn't lost yet. So I uh, think that's a safe bet. If, if we're looking at odds, if Ross Brown, I think If Ross Brown's your recruiting you, you're pretty good. He knows how to pick them. Uh, also, da- speaking of OVC player of the years and such, Danielle Morris beat the reigning OVC player of the year. Ramona Terrahover from SEMO last weekend. Uh, the guys put out some new doubles teams. It was the first time you get to see him in doubles action this year. You had the all-German duo of Jana Leder and Denise Toriaba. Then you had the seniors, Hanukkah Nakanishi and Danielle Morris. And then freshman Yuha Ching partnered with Alex Tapalovic. Uh, that's your first look at the Guffs doubles teams this year. And as we all know from last year's tournament, doubles is very important because if you don't win them, you have to win four straight in singles. And that is very nerve-wracking. So hopefully 
these doubles teams work together, it's good to get them some practice early in the fall and get them rounded into form for the weekend. The other one six times in doubles last weekend. That's pretty solid. Pretty in, solid work. In Ross Brown, we trust. He he's got it figured out. He's got the just, magic. Just magic let him touch go. in the OVC tennis world. Uh, men's golf. They stayed in the OVC this week. They went to UT Martin's Grover Page Classic at the Jackson Country Club. Uh, Adam Van Raden had a slow start with a 76 in the opening round, but he bounced back with a par 72 and a two under 70. Chase Cordy shot a 70 in the opening round, followed it with a 75 and a 73. They both shot a 218 to lead the Govs and finished tied for 21st. Uh, senior Micah Nicely had another good bounce back. He finished with a one under 70. And then the best collegiate round for freshman Aiden Baker, he went two under 70 in the second round. So uh, shout out to him. Also a big shout out to freshman Payne Elkins. He closed with a strong 73 in his first ever collegiate tournament. He was competing as an individual, but it was good to see him uh, get out there for the first time and get some action for the Guffs. It's always tough when, when you're first getting out there as a student athlete. You just got to get your feet wet. You just got to get and, your feet wet. And it's not – I mean, he, he got it figured out. 73, it's, it's definitely not bad. A whole lot of other student athletes got their first collegiate action this weekend. The baseball team went up to uh, Bowling Green and played Western Kentucky in a fall game. Max, you've got all the info on that as the uh, former baseball GA. Yeah, I guess I guess they got after it up there. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to report. It's It was a pretty informal game. I think they played 15 total innings, and I can't confirm the score, but I know that the boys played hard, and that's what really matters They in went the out fall. there and competed, and that's all you're looking for. We compete. <laughs> that was a shot. That was a – that was an honor of our – our third roommate, Greg LeBan, who doesn't officially live with us, but he's essentially there all the time. All right, that's enough of us. We're going to wrap this up. We'll bring Jacob Coggle in, and we'll be right back with that portion of on the PCAST, walk-on turned scholarship football player turned starting center for Scotty Walden's offense, Jacob Coggle. Jacob, welcome to the PCAST. Glad you had some time to swing by and talk a little bit today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, Jacob, let's get right into it. Uh, Jacob or Jake? I see. I saw both when I was looking you up yesterday. Uh, either's fine. My uh, high school coach started the Jake thing. Okay. I can go by either. just doesn't matter. All right, we'll go with Jacob because that's what's on our website. So your whole family plays football. Your dad played linebacker at Penn in the 80s. Your brother played linebacker at Richmond in the 2000s. He's pretty good, too. Yes, what, what's it like being in a football family? Um, I mean, it's a big part of my life uh, growing up. My, uh, my dad's also coached, so he was uh, a high school coach my entire life. So I've just always been around the game. Um, I didn't actually start playing until late middle school, like seventh, eighth grade, which was a little different. But I've always been around it. Like you said, my brother played, so that gave me someone to like kind of look up to and um, like model my game after. Um, and then my dad, uh, once I got to high school, we were always able to be around it together. And he coached me later in my career. So it's a pretty cool uh, feeling to be around my family during this whole process. Um, how did you get on offense? Your dad played linebacker, your brother played linebacker, and you, you ended up on the offensive line. Um, so like I said, growing up, I uh, didn't. I kind of was a late bloomer. I start, didn't start playing until later. Um, 
honestly growing up I was a little bit on the chubbier side I'd say <laughs> a little bit a little bit bigger um so offensive line was kind of always my um destination looked that way just for my body type um and then once I started playing ball I kind of just stuck with it um I'm a little undersized for most O-linemen but it was just kind of something I've always played and my dad didn't really necessarily care where I played he just wanted me to play so and your dad was your O-line coach in high school um so initially he was not he uh his background, I mean, he's been a head coach and he's coached all sorts of positions. When I first got to high school, he was a defensive backs coach. And I had a coach, uh, James Delgado was my line coach my freshman, sophomore year. Um, moving in my junior, senior year, my dad got moved over and it was a really cool experience to have him coach me those later years in high school. Is it tough playing for your dad or is it, uh, or did you enjoy it? Um, I think we had a pretty good balance. Um, I would say that like, you know, there's some dynamics with uh, coaches' sons, where it's a little bit he, they're really hard on you, and sometimes that bleeds over into like the family life or the at home life. Um, I think we handled it pretty well when he came over to coach me. Like I said, I was a little bit older and a little more experienced, so he kind of we had a dynamic where we could talk about it, and uh, we handled it. I think we both handled it well, it didn't come into our household life, and I, I really enjoyed it though. I mean. He was hard on me, and he got me better, and I think we both enjoyed being able to work with each other every single day, so it was pretty cool. Did you ever get to play on a team with your brother and your, with your dad as a coach, or were you kind of <clears> years <throat> off, a couple years off? Unfortunately, uh, me and my brother were just far enough apart that we couldn't. So, like, you were your eighth grade, he's a senior, like, one so, year. Yes, sir. Eighth grade, he was a senior. Um, so, like I said, it was really more of just a get-to-look-up-to-him thing. He was really successful in high school, too, which – kind of set the expectation I would say for me when I was moving on so unfortunately it was funny me and my roommate were actually talking about that today but no I did not get to play with him did you what did you learn from like him and your dad heading into college football um I would say like they just kind of uh set the expectations like I said and he kind of gave me the ins and outs that people probably don't really understand like the behind the scenes type of thing so like it's a big transition from high school where you just have practices in the afternoon and it's not too much more than that to you're in the film room every day, you have meetings every day and workouts and, and maintaining a time schedule. So I think having that knowledge going into it made the transition pretty much a lot easier for me. So I saw you were a weightlifter in high school. Like it looked like a competitive weightlifter and you were a state qualifier in Florida. Um, so my, like I said, my dad's a coach, so he's coached a ton of different things. Um, his, one of his biggest things was weightlifting and wrestling. He always wanted uh, us to do it. He said it made us better football players. And I've, uh, growing up, I enjoyed being in the weight room. That's always one of my biggest things. I'll probably keep doing it after football. I'd love to do just training your body. And it's kind of a different uh, challenge. It presents different challenges because you're just working really against yourself and wh how good you can be. So, but yeah, in Florida, we do a mixture of like powerlifting and Olympic lifting. And I enjoyed that later in my career. And I, it's, it's pretty competitive for sure, but it was a, it was a great time after football. Gave me something to do. Uh, I read too that you were the only player on your high school team to squat 500 pounds. No, that's not true. My oh. uh, my uh, my high school, we kind of pride ourselves on being just uh, kind of like gritty blue collar guys. So the weight room's a big. We would lift on game days. We would <laughs> we would get in the weight room and get after it. It's funny. Uh, my brother, like I said, my brother came before me. They uh, had played in a few state championships. And literally, they would be lifting the day of the state championship. You'd think they would take a day off. Right. But they would grinded it out every day was kind of even even during school we had a, a period set aside where we lift so there was pro a lot of strong guys I squatted a decent amount but not more than everybody on the team <laughs> um did you wrestle I did wrestle a little bit um I didn't 
it was it was kind of difficult doing wrestling and weightlifting and football. It kind of like was a lot. So I stopped wrestling maybe my freshman sophomore year. I enjoyed that as well, but weightlifting was kind of something I was a little more successful at, and it was something I did all throughout the year. Wrestling was a little bit uh, different because I didn't practice that because of football. So just jumping into wrestling was a little more difficult, I would say. Would you beat Scotty Walden in a wrestling match? Mm, that's a good question. He's uh, he's scrappy. I'd say that's a good word to describe him. So what if be, tables, ladders, and chairs are involved? Table. He's a little more experienced in that type of wrestling. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have all those moves down that he'd be working with. All right. So let's transition into what it was like for you coming to Austin P. You came here as a walk-on. What was that recruiting process like? Um. So it was a little different. Obviously, like some of the scholarship guys. Um. You know, I like I said a little earlier, I'm undersized, so it was kind of kind of a weird recruiting process because you uh, have these people that look at your film and enjoy how you play and appreciate what you can do on the field, but then it's just you can't really overcome like height issues and weight issues like that. So I had to go to a lot of camps and try to prove myself, but I just kept getting the, well, we really like you, but statement, you know, we were going to keep you as a walk-on, we can't pull the trigger on you. And at first it was really discouraging. Uh, luckily, my parents are real supportive and my dad's been around the game and they just kept encouraging me to go and go. And so they kind of just, like I said, kept me going, kept me going. And when I got to Austin P, I I originally, I didn't have a camp here. I didn't do, I didn't really know about it until one of our family friends had uh, played here, Ed Walls. He was a, a big time uh, player here and was on some of the boards and stuff like that. And he said, why don't you go take a look? Um, at that time, Mark Hudspis was the coaching staff. And like I said, it was kind of just one of those things where I called up and saw how it was going to go. And they treated me great. They rolled the red carpet out for me. And I really enjoyed how they, you know, when you're a walk-on, sometimes you get kind of like, oh, you know, you can come if you want to. Or, you know, maybe like a GA or someone will walk you around the, around the stadium and give you a tour. They had the head coach, the O-line coach, the academic staff, everybody here just to walk me around individually. So, I mean, that was said enough about the program and I decided to pull the trigger and I think it worked out. Yeah, it, it, it clearly has worked out. So it's worked out well enough that you got put on scholarship. When did that happen and um, what was that like? And how did it happen? Was it a big uh, reveal or is it just a, a meeting where the coach sat you down and told you or? Um, so it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, after the spring season, I was lucky enough to be on the team and starting and we played those games in the spring season. And uh, after the season, um, they, they kind of did a big reveal for me and three other guys. They made it look like we were getting COVID tested in the middle of our last team meeting before we were going to leave. And uh, instead of getting COVID tested, he revealed that we were all put on scholarship. And it was just, it was a great moment. It was so exciting. I'm so appreciative that that staff trusted me enough with to put me on money and encourage me that way. Does that affect your mindset when you're playing? Um, or I, even in practice or anything you do? I'd like to think that when I came in, I had a work ethic that was heading that direction. And I, I would like to say that I've maintained it. Um, obviously, when they back, like I said, they've backed me with money and it kind of just shows that they trust you enough. So I would say, sure. I mean, it, it, it makes you work harder and makes you keep going. And you definitely don't want to settle and be complacent once you get put on something like that. So I'm really appreciative that they did that. And I want to show that in my work and my play in the field. All right, so I talked to all your other guys on the O-line, and they all said to ask you about gaining weight when you got here. I looked up your huddle. It's got you listed at 250. We've got you at 264 on Let's Go P. You're clearly bigger than when you – I remember when you were in here as a student worker, as a freshman, you're clearly bigger than you were then. So what was that like? 
So uh, maybe we uh, forged a little bit of numbers on my huddle, me and my dad. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, I, I always had been undersized, and we ran an offense that it was okay. I mean, like my dad always wanted me to gain weight being a football coach and my own line coach, but I was kind of uh, reluctant to do so, you know, and it was a difficult process, honestly, because everyone thinks losing weight's real hard. Well, when you're gaining weight and you're trying to eat when you don't have to or you don't want to, it, it's kind of difficult. But um, Coach Cochran, when he came in on staff, like I said, they backed me with money and they, they allowed me to be a starter and they trusted me that way. So I just wanted to show that um, – I appreciate that and kind of give back that way. So um, when I go home or when I go, I just have to eat all the time, eat when I don't want to. Um, I drink protein shakes pretty much every night that are supposed to be like 1,200 calories and stuff like that. So it's difficult. I mean, you just keep eating and eating and eating, and then eventually the numbers go up. Um, right now I am like around 260, and I think my coaches would probably want me to keep going up. So hopefully we'll head that direction. Have you tried doing a lot of Happy Meal challenges with Seth to put on weight? <laughs> Hanging out with the O-line definitely does help for sure. And Coach Cochran's wife making all those desserts I see on Twitter for you guys. Yeah, those are wonderful. So those those are all helping. And especially when whenever we go to the Cochran's, when, uh, last year when he did want me to gain weight when I was a little lighter, I was always sent home with an extra pan of food or a couple extra plates. I was always given some more than everybody else, I would say, which was which was nice. What's it like having an O-line coach like Coach Cochran? He's played at Texas. He's coached at Texas. He's coached at North Carolina. He's been around lots of great programs. He seems to just be right on top of it. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy, and um, our whole staff's on the younger side. So it uh, really helps us connect with him. And like you said, he played at Texas, and he's coached at some pretty, pretty, pretty big-time programs. So um, he's been able to use that knowledge to help us. And him being a player, we can really connect with him and he knows little ins and outs and he can relate to us more when we're on the field and give us some tips that he used. He was really successful as a player too. So, you know, it's it's really easy to listen to a guy that had performed well at a high level and you know that he knows what he's talking about for sure. I want to know what it's like playing offensive line in Scotty Walden's offense. You guys ran 91 plays two weeks ago. Man, we, we like to push the pace, and uh, at first, I think, especially last year when they first got in here in the spring, it was a, it was a big transition for a lot of us. But uh, we practice that way every day. Um, we do plenty of drills where you just have to go and go and go, get on the ball. It's difficult for sure, but it's gotten to the point where I think we're more used to it than our opponents, and it really helps us in the games. I mean, you saw this week TSU's players were going down pretty, pretty – uh, Frequently, I would say we, we won't talk about that too much. But there were some there were some cramped guys that apparently got healed in 30 seconds or so. Right, uh, I'm not sure about that, but uh, I think we it's it's nice. Honestly, uh, at first it does it's a little difficult. We're on the bigger side and we're trying to block people, and it's it gets tiring. But once you feel the it's starting to work against your opponent, you can feel them backing off. You can feel that they're just as tired as you are. It's a big help. So really, it's 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 helpful for the line in the end. Okay, so I didn't play football past middle school. I didn't. I wasn't any good. Whatever. As an offensive lineman, I know when I played baseball, I was looking up the guys, other professional guys played baseball, watching them, watching, seeing what they do. As an offensive lineman, is there anybody you look up to and watch like that? Um, is there any player that you're like, man, I wanna, I wanna block like him. I wanna play like him. Yeah, there's a. Um, the longer I've played in college, the more appreciative I've gotten for guys in the NFL and like other offensive linemen at bigger schools that just consistently do their job and I know it's difficult um I'd say in the NFL Quentin Nelson's a, a guard that's come on from Notre Dame and he just had a great career already he's he's on the younger side but just 
and completely dominant. And then um, Jason Kelsey is Travis Kelsey's brother. He plays center, and he just can do anything. He can pull and block outside. He can block inside, and he's had a great career. So those are two guys that I watch on Sundays and just think, wow, they're, they're incredible. The things that they can do in their game is just awesome. As a Colts fan, I appreciate the Quentin Nelson answer. Um, as, a, as a Colts fan, I used to always read about Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday do that wet ball drill where they would soak the footballs and work on snap exchanges and stuff like that. You play center. Is there anything weird you've ever done like that? Um, yeah, wet ball drills uh, we've done in the past for sure, especially when rain's in the forecast. We play in the rain a lot. Yeah, at home. It seems like a little <laughs> bit of a curse. Um, we do, we've done wet ball drills in the past, but um, really we do center quarterback exchange every day as the first drill. Coach Walden says it's one of the most important drills we do because you have to do it every single play. So we really work towards that every day, yes, sir. Uh, I hear there was a trip to Mississippi that involves some skeet shooting. Uh, what went down on that trip? That was a that was a great trip. Um, Who all was on the trip too? Let's uh, let's make sure we break it break it down here. So uh, Seth Johnson is uh, getting married soon, and uh, he invited me, Bucky Williams, and Michael Treadwell, and a few other on the O line to go down to his house in Mississippi, kind of just for like a, a guys and girls weekend. His fiance was down there with some of her family, and I was it was I was so grateful to be invited. Their families is just amazing, and they're really welcoming. Like you said, we. Uh, Got to experience. I got to experience a little bit more of the real South. You know, I'm from Florida, but we got to do some of the real South stuff. So we did uh, skeet shooting and a fish fry and all sorts of things, and it was a, it was a great time. Had a great time. You ever done that before? Any of that skeet shooting? No, it's crazy. Um, that was really the first time I've ever even held a shotgun before. So getting up to the line, me and Bucky were actually talking about it beforehand. Kind of nervous, you know, that you're shooting stuff that's flying out of the air, and they're talking about how difficult it is. And so we were like talking at breakfast the morning before and we're saying man if we just hit one or two all day we'd just be so happy uh luckily we got out there and we were both decently good I'd say Bucky was a little bit better but uh I had a great like I said I had a great time and they had a a plenty of family friends and and Seth's family and his friends were really supportive and and took it took their time to teach us how to do it and hold it and use it with proper safety so that was really awesome Did did you hit the first one or did you miss uh I would say it was beginner's luck, but uh, I did. I got up there and I hit the first like three or four that they threw up there, and man, it was just a great feeling. So we talked about your family a little bit earlier. They're big supporters of you and Austin P. Football. Did they? Someone said they travel up here all the time to watch you guys play. Yeah, my uh, my parents are awesome. They're super supportive. Like I said, they're my rocks. Um, they they do. So my dad coaches games on Friday nights and then turns around and a lot of times they can make it up here on Saturday. Um, which is, is awesome, and I'm really thankful that they do that for me. In the spring, they made it to every game pretty much. Sometimes they drive, and then like Jacksonville State last year, they drove uh, to the game and then drove right back all, all through the night. So, yeah, they're super supportive, and I'm really grateful f- to have them in my life like that. They listen to the PCAST too, right? Yes, sir. So shout do. out to them. Shout out to my parents. If they're listening today, we're glad to have you listening. Um, you're a finance major. What is your plan with that? That's a great question. You're, you're, not having a plan is okay. I changed my – or I dropped my minor and graduated early when I was in school my senior year to do this. So, Well, uh, I just know that uh, I was heading somewhere in the business field. Um, I'm going to be doing some sort of internship through uh, Austin P next semester. So hopefully that will give me some direction. Um, being around Nashville is going to be super good for us. I mean, it's one of the fastest-growing cities in America. So maybe just entering somewhere in the business field in that direction is – 
Well, whatever you're doing, you're doing it pretty good. You were one of 17 OVC football players and the only one at Austin P to get the OVC academic medal, academic medal of honor last year, which means you had the highest grade point average for that sport in the conference. So congratulations on that. Um, one last question before we get into some rapid fire questions. You kind of answered it a little bit, but why Austin P? Um, like I said, during my recruiting process, uh, they rolled the red carpet out for me and made me feel at home. Um, and I could just tell, like, whenever I got on campus, the support behind the, the football team was just so great. I could tell that um, from the AD to the support staff to everything that was uh, behind the football team was really motivated and heading in the right direction. And even since Healy's staff and some of the other staffs, it's just been a complete turnaround from where they were. And I think that just speaks volumes for the university and the athletics program in, as a whole. And I just wanted to be a part of that. I thought it was going to be something great, and it's turned out pretty well. well. We're glad you're here. I've got some rapid-fire questions. I'm going to ask you. You just give me the, your answer right off the top of your head. All right, cool. What's your favorite word or saying? Good question. Let's go pee. That sounds uh, Perfect. Good. That's the best answer I've ever heard on this. <laughs> What's the last book you read for fun? Ooh, that's a long time ago. I would say one of the Hunger Games books <laughs> in, like, middle school. What's your worst habit? Mm, I, I've noticed lately I, I bite my nails when, I, when I'm doing stuff, just, just unconsciously biting my nails. Uh, this is an argument me and my friends have had for a long time. Do you think you can walk a mile in less than 10 minutes? Mm, speed walk, yeah, I think I could get that done, especially what about if the timer's up. What if it's regular walking? Like you're, just, you're walking. I'm not saying you have to walk slow, but. Regular walking. Ten I'm, minutes. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a slow mover when I'm walking, so probably not, <laughs> honestly. All right. What is one rule in any sport that you would like to add or change and why? Hmm. I figured this would be an easy holding answer for you. Yeah, man, that's, pro that's probably a good <laughs> one right there. Uh, or, uh, yeah, holding for sure. I, I, I'll, I'll do that one. That was, you gave me that one for sure. I, I just figured it would be right up your alley. What app on your phone gets the most use? Um, I'm a big Twitter guy recently. I've been on Twitter a lot. I'm with you on that. What's the last gift you gave somebody? Hmm. I think I gave my dad, I gave my, uh, my dad some golf balls Christmas ago. I think. Probably. Has he lost him yet? <laughs> uh, he hadn't got, he hadn't gotten back out on the, on the golf course in a long time, but I'm, I'm sure he probably lost a few of them. Do you play? I do not. Okay. Uh, some of the other linemen do, but that's not. A, I'm not very good. We gotta get out. Get we gotta get you out there. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I, <laughs> once I get out there, I get a little frustrated when I don't <laughs> see the ball go very far. What's one embarrassing song that you love? Um, embarrassing. I'm a big Rod Wave uh, guy. Rod Wave. Anytime I hear Rod Wave songs, I'll start to sing. So maybe not embarrassing, but me singing is kind of embarrassing. I'll have to look up some Rod Wave. If you could go to one concert, who would it be and why? Hmm. I'm not, I've never been to a concert before. All right, your first one then. My first one, man, well, I would probably just stick with the same answer. The, the football team is big into Rod Wave right now, so maybe that. What's the one place in the world you want to visit the most? I'd love to travel after uh, college, so anywhere in Europe, really. Uh, I took some art history classes in um, high school, and it seems like there's a lot of cool stuff to go look at over there. All right, you get to have three people over for dinner. Who are they? Any three people? That's a good question. Um, probably my grandpa. That's a good. That's a good start. Um, 
we could throw in uh, Quentin Nelson, like we mentioned yep. earlier, get some tips on, the, tips on the game. And uh, let's round it off with uh, – I'm trying to think of someone that would be cool to talk to. Uh, Kobe Bryant. We were, we were watching some Kobe Bryant clips today, and I think just listening to him talk about his mentality would be crazy. It would be crazy cool. It's a good one. Who or what inspires you? Um, like I said earlier, I'm a big family guy. Um, I think my, my parents do, you know, just the way they carry themselves, the way they're, both of them are just extremely hard workers and the way they support me and my, my, my other siblings, like they're just unwavering in how they support us and they're so loving and they are who I look up to and who I aspire to be one day. What advice would you give to your younger self? Um, probably, uh, not to worry about the little things as much. Like I'm a big, uh, my dad used to say I'm my worst enemy sometimes because I get real in my head about stuff. So, you know, it's it's good to be critical, but not too critical and let it affect you. I, I, I get that. All right. The last question is from the last guest. Tegan Searing wants to know what is one food you could not go without? I'm a, I'm a big pizza guy. I think pizza's pretty, pretty uh, traditional, pretty good. So that's one thing I would say I couldn't go without. All right. Now it's your turn. What question do you want to ask our next guest? Hmm. Uh, who's your hero? Who inspires you? Who's your hero? Who's your hero? Uh, I kind of already answered. You, did, you, my, did, you said your parents. parents. That's yeah. probably the same answer. Yep. Yeah. That's a good question. Jacob, thank you for your time. You go get after Southeast Missouri this weekend. And we'll be right back with PCAS. Big thank you to Jacob Coggle for coming by and uh, taking some time out of his busy schedule on a game week to talk to us on the PCAST. And as busy it is for Jacob, it's pretty busy for everybody this week. we got all kinds of homecoming festivities going on around here at Austin P for the 76th homecoming in school history. Uh, we had a mud bowl earlier this week. We had a bonfire. There's all kinds of reunions. Uh, there's an alumni homecoming golf tournament. There's a baseball golf tournament. There's an athletics alumni mixer. Max, what's going on with baseball? The all the, 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 you're 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 in tune with the baseball. What's going on with the baseball alumni events this week? Well, they're they're uh, starting it off with a golf tournament on Friday morning. I know that uh, we've got some alumni coming into town and some local alumni, so they'll be teeing it off pretty early. Uh, I think they're all at Swan Lake. They had it uh, divided up, but they're all they've condensed it into uh, Swan Lake, and then. The all-athlete mixer, everybody's invited to that. I'm sure that, uh, as baseball does, they will come out and have a good time. There's a uh, baseball alumni breakfast in the Dunn Center uh, front lobby on Saturday. I believe that the football alumni team also has one of those on Saturday morning. And I think uh, that's in the There's at the club level at Forterra. Yep, yeah. baseball's in the Dunn. Football's over at the club level. Uh, the athletics alumni mixer at upstairs at Strawberry Alley on Friday from 7 to 10. You need to, If you want to go to that, you got to RSVP by tomorrow which is actually today if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out on Thursday. Um, you got to go online to register for that. You go to alumni.apsu.edu, click on Connect, Special Events, 
and then homecoming to see all of the events and to RSVP for all the fun things going around this weekend. If you're an alumni, especially if you're an athletics alumni, we'd love to see you. Get back out and come get back together with your old teammates or some other guys that played in different eras than you and get to know them. Another big thing going on here this week at Austin P. It's, it's Mental Health Week, Max. What's, yeah. uh, what's going on for Mental Health Week? Yeah, so uh, SAC has put out some uh, timeline here of, of the week. And on Thursday, we're, we're going to have a social media blast. Friday's encouraging notes. Saturday, mental health game. Uh, free stickers and bracelets. One of these bracelets right here that they left on my desk a couple years ago. The uh, green mental health bracelets that say APSU SAC on them. Yeah. Look Look at him supporting from, su- from years past. I'm supporting Austin P. SAC and all of their endeavors for Mental Health Week. Uh, just always don't be afraid. If you need help, go talk to somebody. It's okay. Uh, talk to a teammate. Talk to a coach. Find someone in the athletics department. Or go talk to Teresa Prind as well as our mental health liaison at the athletics department across campus. She's great. Everybody here wants to help you. Playing college sports is tough. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. It's okay. We're all here for you, the student athletes. Break the stigma. It's tough. Go do what you need to do. All right, let's look ahead to the weekend coming up for Austin P. The soccer team gets back in action first on Thursday night. against, or They're traveling to Moorhead State. Quite a trip. They're back home Sunday against SEMO. Like we said earlier, they didn't get the start they wanted to in OVC play, but there's a lot of games left. There's eight spots in the conference tournament. You want to get one of those, you got to get a point this weekend in conference play. You got to get a tie. You got to get a win. You got to do something to get off that zero on the standings. Can I? You just got to. You just got to do something. Like I said, you got to. You got a Moorhead team that's coming in. They're right about the same place as the Govs in the standings. They're one. Actually, no, they won a conference game. Who'd they beat? I don't remember who they beat. They're one, one, and one in conference play. Um, we've only played two conference games. They played three. You gotta, you gotta go get one. And if you don't do that, you gotta get a homecoming point against Semo on Sunday. Um, like we said earlier, Claire Lewis is back. It's a good offensive weapon. So, hopefully, they can get on the board and conference action. The men's tennis team—they had a, a solid bounce back after the first round at the IT, ITA Ohio Valley Regionals two weeks ago. Uh, hopefully, they can carry that momentum into Friday and Saturday's APSU Hidden Duel, which they are hosting right here at Austin P. Oliver Anderson won a pair of singles matches at UT a couple weeks ago, and then the the duo of Anton Danberg and second-team All-OVC selection. Frederick Sloshman won a doubles match. Hopefully they keep that going. And uh, like I said, I always put my faith in Ross Brown when it comes to Austin P. men's tennis. Also getting back into action after a few weeks off, the cross-country team is running not in Nashville for the first time. They've ran twice at Vanderbilt and Belmont's meets, and both meets were at Percy Warner State Park. So... Uh, I'm sure the change of scenery will be quite nice, even if Owensboro's not. Yeah, Owensboro not the greatest, but you got to switch it up. Every it's once better in a than while. run at the same place again. Yeah, uh, like me and Alex talked about last time about cross country. Um, you just got to keep getting better and better as the season goes on. You want to peak at the right time. That's what this sport's all about. Uh, sometimes it's not always the best run of the wins. It's whoever's ready to go at the right time. So it is the team's second to last tune-up before the OVC championship. Uh, if you were wondering, they're also running that in Nashville. They're running in a different locale, though. It'll be at uh, the Vons Creek Cross Country Course instead of Percy Warner. So, got to get it tuned up here. One last tune-up at Murray's event in a week or two, and then off to the OVC Championships. Teams that know a little bit about championships, as we have already referenced, the women's golf team is at the Lady Red Wolves Classic in Jonesboro, Arkansas this weekend. They're playing at Sage Meadows Country Club. Uh, Coach Combs has got the ladies Firing uh, on all cylinders. Uh, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. I don't know when they'll get Taylor Deadman back. Um, when they do, watch out. I mean, watch out right now, but like double, yeah. double the watch out. 
Because then they'll have the girl with the lowest score in program history of 208, Taylor Dedman, and freshman Erica Scott, who has the second lowest score in program history. I like that one-two punch. You don't hate that. Quite a lot. You don't Uh, hate that for the girls. We talked about baseball playing a fall game last week. Softball's playing a fall game at the same place this weekend on Tuesday. Softball's going up to Western Kentucky. They had a game against John A. Logan that was scheduled for last week. It got moved back to next Friday, so they will also play that one this week. But kind of like baseball, it's just a uh, see where you're at, face some new pitching, don't face your own guys again, you know. Uh, Cassie Stanfield still breaking in a new staff. Her and her new staff have never coached a game together. She's got a lot of new players. It's just a good good chance to measure your team and see where they're at in the fall. Getting out from playing your playing your teammates Max gets a little chippy it. sometimes. You know so all about it. it. Facing your own teammates gets tough after three months. The fall gets gets a, a little tedious. So softball, baseball, any of those other spring sports, get out there and, and competing against somebody else is, is a good thing. Uh, the volleyball team, they've got – a couple more big matches this weekend. They're playing Friday and Saturday at Tennessee Tech. The Govs and the Golden Eagles are the only two undefeated teams left in the OVC. They're both 4-0. The Govs swept the rating OVC chance at State and SIUE to start conference play. Tennessee Tech also swept SIUE, and then they got Tennessee State in the second weekend. Good chance to put yourself right in the front of the league quite early. Uh, if one of these teams goes and pulls out a sweep, and 6-0 and looks real nice. Um, I'm not saying you've got the conference tournament locked up at that point but you're you're in it if you're six no you're in it yeah. and uh obviously for volleyball it's one of the sports where the conference tournament goes to the number one seed so if you want to ho- you want to host it obviously and if you want to host it this is a big chance to take a team that's also four no knock them out and you know put yourself right in the catbird seat to host that tournament at home you always like the head-to-head too that that can always just I remember the last two times the Govs have hosted the OVC Volleyball Tournament. They've made it to the championship. They beat Murray once. They lost to him the next year. It just makes things so much easier when you can sleep in your own bed. You're not traveling. You're used to your locker room. And it's just it's a big opportunity to do that this week. Speaking of Murray State, the Racers come to the Dunn Center next Wednesday for a midweek volleyball action. I believe it's the first Austin P. Murray State game this season, head-to-head. Uh, you've obviously had some cross-country and some – tennis and stuff like that where they compete but this is the first time the govs and the racers are towing it up so uh let's get the dunson a rocking next wednesday for that one it's always a big game murray state always brings a solid team in here uh let's pack the house very competitive that'll be a good one definitely come out if you've never been to a volleyball match they they can get intense max and has lost his voice at more than one volleyball match for, in austin p that is correct and not only have i got to experience as a fan i also worked a game did their scoring how was it, that how was volleyball stats let's hear it's, your, it's fast it's it's you, it, the problem that's, i didn't it, even get to watch the match I, watch I just it. got to hear it and, and the problem is with that software if you get caught up you can't catch up nope you just have to you just throw move. your hands up and say we'll, we'll figure it out we'll next figure it out time. at the end yeah it's tough software and uh the whole athletic communication staff thanks you for your help with those statistics big event for the weekend on any homecoming weekend Football. Football. Football's playing SEMO. Uh, always a lot going on for a homecoming game, but now more than ever, the Govs need a win. It's their first OVC game, and uh, it's time to time to break out of this little slump they're in. So there's a lot going on, but uh, got to focus on what's going on in between the lines if you're Scotty Walden and company. Those, uh, those Southeast Missouri folks, they're coming in, and, and they're – they're playing pretty well right now. Tell talk about them. For they me. had they had a tough start to the season. They played number seven Southern Illinois to open the season. 
Then they played number one Sam Houston. So those they lost both of those games. And then to just make things easier, they went and played the University of Missouri. So <laughs> tough start to the season to go zero and they started out zero and three. They come in here with I think they're at one and four. They lost to Tennessee Tech last weekend, but if you ask me, they've got one of the best players in this league in Geno Hess. Um, the stats, the stats s- agree, speak differently than their record. Correct. Let they, us be they, clear. Geno Hess can run the ball. He's been in this league for four or five years. Um, when the statistics show that CMO is one of only two OVC teams whose offense has gained more y- more than half its yards on the ground, that's because of one person. That's Geno Hess. He scored four touchdowns against us last year in the loss. Um, he only had like cra- crazy stat. He had like 60 yards and four touchdowns. He had touchdowns of like one, three, and four and five yards. Like he he just he's hard to bring down around the goal line. So if you let Southeast Missouri get in the red zone, Geno Hess will punish you for that. So. They will run the dang ball. Yeah, they do it. They will run the football. So, as I asked Alex last week, I'll ask you this week: Who needs to have a big day for the Gulfs to get back in the win column? I think Draylen. He's going to have a big week. Draylen Ellis is going to. He threw six touchdowns against Simo last year. We need some more of that. And some. I want to, I want four of them to go to Benico. Uh, I want four touchdowns to Benico. Benico's program record that he set last year at SEMO. He caught four touchdowns, including a game winner in double overtime. Uh, for me, I said it. La- I said last week. I said it needed to be the O line. I think that Draylen was getting chased a little bit. I am going to put my faith back in those guys. I talked to Jacob Coggle today. They're going to step up and have a big one. And Draylen's going to have all kinds of time in the pocket. And he's just going to throw it all over the place like he has in the past. Shout out the boys up front. Always need them to be to be working. The boys up front uh, gonna have a big week. You heard it here first. If you uh, would like to do any community service in the Clarksville or Montgomery County area, you should go talk to uh, our athletic coordinators, Katie Etheridge, Riley Flinge, and the newly hired Morgan Mitchell. They've got all the community service opportunities for you. We're right in the swing of things for the fall semester, so I'm sure there's a lot of good to be done in the community, and we would love to see you out there doing it. Uh, you're a student athlete, Max. What kind of community service opportunities is, are out there? There's all sorts of stuff. There's events. There are food drives. There are just random things that happen, like tornadoes and uh, floods. The baseball that, team went down the way, really. Yeah, yeah, we've we've helped pick up trash, like after a tornado or after the flood, like like Casey just said. There's a whole bunch of different options. There's even if buddy there's, ball. Buddy ball's a great I one. I was going to say, even if there's nothing else going on, we always have buddy ball opportunities. There's always opportunities to go to Loaves and Fishes, Mana Cafe. Go talk to Katie, Riley, and Morgan, and they will get you set up with that. In the meantime, Max, how can people find us on social media? You can connect with us via Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P or follow us on Facebook. Shout out to our communication, our d- well, our communications department, but also our digital media department, Eric, Robin, Carter. They are working tirelessly taking pictures and videos. I know that they are always staring at their screens, uh, getting after it for all of our awesome content. So shout out to those guys. If you want to find us on Facebook, that account is Austin P. Governors. Austin P. Governors. You heard there it is. here. Uh Let's go P.com for dates, news stories, and everything else. Cody Bush, Alex Allard, myself, and uh, maybe a new replacement for Colby soon. We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out what's coming. 
Tickets. Ticket guru Johnny Mitchell's got all the information you could use to get in the game. Football single-game tickets are still on sale. you got homecoming tickets against SEMO this weekend. Then you got Eastern Illinois and Tennessee Tech. You've only got three more guaranteed chances to watch the Govs from Fortera Stadium. Max is going to be there. I'm going to be there. You need a ticket. You should get there. Don't miss that chance. Also, basketball tip times and season tickets are coming soon. Be on the lookout for those because you're going to come. You're going to want to come watch these basketball teams in the Dunn Center. I'll tell you what, Nick James and Brittany Young, they've got them ready to go, and I'm excited for basketball season. Follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com backslash podcast. Give us a review and rating. We would love five stars. Wouldn't we love five stars? We would love five stars. Go give us five stars. You want to subscribe, 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 subscribe. You should also subscribe. <laughs> subscribe and give us five stars. Five do stars. It do it now. Sub- subscribe, do it now. resubscribe. <laughs> oh, if you want to set. Oh, if you want to suggest a guest, a new co-host, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Let us know who you think is going to win the World Series. Tweet us. I'm at C underscore Craig 19. He's at Max underscore Remy 12. Shout out to Steve Willard. Shout out to Bud Jenkins. Shout out to Mark Remy. Shout out to the Red Sox for beating the Yankees and wasting the $36 million they paid Garrett Cole this season. I'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody. Peace.